Welcome to The Treatment with Dr. Rahi. I'm Dr. Rahila Sarbazia, your host. This is your resource for all things health, wellness, and beauty. Hi, it's Dr. Rahi, and today I'm here with Dana Patterson and Dr. Shannon Chavez, and we're going to be discussing how to feel comfortable in your own skin. Yay! Love this topic. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is a good one. Coming. Thanks I really for having us. So, Bios, Dr. Shannon Chavez is a licensed clinical psychologist and certified sex therapist with a private practice called Shape in Beverly Hills, California, where she provides individual and couples therapy, sex and relationship coaching, and workshops on sexual health and wellness. Amazing. Her work focuses on adult sex education, integrating sexuality and spirituality, and sexual discovery towards personal growth. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Yay, yeah, thanks for it's having me. Nice. <laughs> and Dana Patterson is a plus size model, <laughs> content creator, body positive activist, mm-hmm. and mental health advocate based out of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. She's been in the fashion industry for almost a decade and uses her experience and expertise to speak on mental health, wellness, ED recovery, what's that? Sorry. Pain disorder recovery. Oh, yes. yes. Not erectile dysfunction. No. <laughs> Just in case you guys were confused, you know? <laughs> Don't get it mixed up. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> and body image on her social channels. Yes. Dana's goals are to help women and men feel comfortable on their own skin and to be comfortable being completely themselves in a world that's constantly telling us otherwise. Yes. Yes. Look at me. So I thought it would be really important to, and I think you two are the perfect, you know, yeah. two to have on this podcast to discuss being comfortable in your own skin. I do aesthetics in my practice. It's part of my practice and I really enjoy it. However, sometimes I wonder at what point, you know, is enough enough? Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, are you supposed to just let yourself be and yeah. be comfortable in your own skin? And how do you develop that confidence to have you know, that ability because it's not something that everybody has. And I feel like something that's more learned. Yes, definitely. It is learned. I always tell people we're not born hating our bodies. We learn these messages and we learn it from our families. So I always say if your mother had body image issues, you're going to observe that and mirror that and you might have some of those same Mm -hmm. messages. messages. Right. Right. So your surroundings obviously affect that. So what does it mean to you guys to be comfortable in your own skin? What would that definition be? I think for me, obviously, there's kind of a widespread school of thought. But I think for me, it's truly loving yourself unapologetically and not feeling the need to gain any sort of validation from outside sources. I think for me, being in the fashion industry for almost a decade, I'm so used to getting my validation from my agents, from clients, from social media and things like that. And I think through a lot of really great therapy, honestly, I've really learned to love myself unconditionally to the point where I will go out without makeup. I don't care about that. I'll go out looking like a troll doll. I don't care about that because my validation is within myself and I don't feel the need to get it from outside sources. So that's what it means to me. Right. Yeah. By the way, I don't think you can never look like a troll dog. <laughs> Trust me, girl, I'll prove you wrong one day. Don't you worry. <laughs> and what That's about you, Dr. Chavez? I love everything you said because self-love, I think, is a big part of being comfortable in your skin. And a lot of people don't learn how to love themselves. I think we have to go on certain journeys of dealing with our body, dealing with society in order to get to that path of love. 
I also think it's being able to define who you are. So mind, body, heart, and spirit. So in order to be comfortable in your skin, you have to answer that question. Who am I? Who am I? Who do I want to be? What is the path I take? What's the lifestyle I want to live? And that helps you be comfortable in your skin. Because then you know who you are. You feel confident. You feel more willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to be vulnerable. I I think it's a combination of both self-love, but also self-love includes, you know, taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. eating the right foods and the right exercise. Because I feel when I'm the most comfortable in who I am is when I'm doing what I really truly love doing. And at the same time, you know, eating right, being really balanced. And do you feel that that was hard maybe for you in the fashion world, finding that balance to be able to, you know, eat what you sort of think is the right thing to eat or dress the certain way that you want to dress? Oh, definitely. I think for me too, that people need to be reminded that self-love and self-acceptance is a painful healing journey. And it's not always just like, I feel like self-care has been really commercialized to the point where you feel like you have to buy something to be happy or it's just like baths and like candles. For me, genuinely, self-love and self-acceptance has been a lot of great therapy, a lot of healing. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of sex therapy as well. I haven't gotten sex therapy yet, but like I'm going to now. So (laughs) I I really need it, honestly. And I think everybody needs therapy. Period. After learning more and more about it, I'm like, everyone. I think we we all need a group session. We need to talk about it. In regards to eating and the way that like I present myself, definitely, because I've been with kind of every big agency in the world, Wilhelmina, Ford, Factor, MC Squared. And I think for me, I've been tossed around so much to the point where they were like, lose weight, gain weight, wear this, dye your hair this color, you know, do your makeup this way, you need to look this way. And I even used to have to wear padding, like football padding, because I was never like big enough, but I could never be straight size because I could never get down to that size, even when I was struggling with my eating disorder, living in New York Mm -hmm. and struggling. So I think for me, completely, it's hard to explain, but kind of like tearing myself apart in order to heal myself and kind of getting down to the bare bones of why I really felt that way and felt like I needed to conform to the fashion industry's kind of cookie cutter way of thinking. But did that you I have to in order to get work or do you feel that? And right now, yeah. how do you feel? So now with regards to I give up body. on all that. Okay. Good. I, I gave Sounds up. like it's a good thing then. Listen, very good thing. And I feel more so myself, happier than I've ever and, been. And I only say that because I, I know yes. that you're at a good place. So yes. Okay. No, for me, I finally stopped caring about what agencies thought of me and clients and even people on social media. And I just wanted to be myself in regards to sizing, in regards to what I posted online. I wanted to share my full eating disorder story and body image and body dysmorphia story and really be open about it. And that has helped me feel completely comfortable in myself, in my skin, in my personality, and no longer conform to any of that. So no, I definitely don't subscribe to that channel anymore. So I love that you talk about the pain because Mm -hmm. people are so ashamed of that and they feel isolated and they don't want to talk about it. But when you talk about it, you realize we all go through the same stuff. Oh, 100%. Especially as women because we're told how to be sexy, what's normal. And I think a lot of people I see will come in and say, Am I normal? Yeah. You know, yeah. do I am I sexy enough? Yeah. Am I beautiful enough? And I think, you know, who's to say what's normal? Yeah. I say I don't know what normal yeah. is. You gotta figure that out yes. and accept what you feel most comfortable in. hundred percent. So yes. when when you approach your clients and they come to you with these issues of, you know, insecurity in their own bodies, how, what's some some ways that you have found effective in overcoming that and creating, you know, more comfort? 
I always say you have to have a good relationship with your body. It yeah. is the longest relationship we have, right? I mean, we yes. are going through ups and downs with our bodies. They change, they age, they go through they all do. these things. Yeah. So we have to have a good relationship. And that means listen to our bodies. So even on a, on a physical level, if you're fatigued, if you're not eating right and your body is communicating whatever it's communicating, being able to tune into that. We often disconnect from our body for whatever reason. We're in this headspace and we're not taking care of ourselves. And learning to have a relationship with your body will help you start being more present. You'll yes. be more aware of what you need. You slow down. And also, you got to touch your body. Yes. You know, the sex therapist yeah. talk about <laughs> masturbation. You've got to touch your body. We yeah. are afraid to look at our bodies, touch but our like bodies. But like touch all over? Or are you talking about just yeah, sexually? Just, it can be sensual. Just being able to touch it without judgment. So, mm -hmm. ooh, I need to do this or that. Or this doesn't look right. But just being able to honor your body in a positive way. Yeah. And that Being seems, grateful for what you have. Yeah, that seems mm -hmm. weird for people. Yeah. But I think it's the first step. You have to be able to do, do that. Especially if you're going to let someone else touch your body mm -hmm. as in a relationship right. or sexually that's the first step 100% so being in touch with your own body and also just being more in tune on a day-to-day -day basis do you rec ever recommend things like yoga because I feel mm -hmm. like yoga is the best way to like really connect deeply with your body mm -hmm. yoga mm -hmm. dance meditation where you're breathing into your body I think you can really be more present with what's coming up right. and you get to look at your body yoga, you're looking at your body, you're really attuned with what's going on, even dance. So I think that can be, you can turn yourself on. Ooh, I look good. <laughs> I like how that looks. Yes. I mean, why not Definitely. do that? We should Definitely. feel yes. confident and we should like what we see. Definitely. Yoga for me was a really important part of my recovery from my eating yeah. disorder as well and body yes. dysmorphia. I find that it's really hard, as you said, to hate your body when you're so deeply connected with it. Yes. And so honestly, yoga was a huge part of my recovery and still is. I love yoga. I just feel like it really helps you ground yourself. It does. And really just feel connected with your body that you can't feel anything but love for it and all that it does for you. So yeah. yoga for me has been really, you get really important. To, through the breathing and the connection with the mm. mind and the body, you're really able to feel your body in a way that you're not really, you know, taught to growing yes. up, like, unless you grew up with yoga. Yeah. But, you know, like, understanding where everything is in space and just yeah. being so grateful for that. I love it. I feel like it's helped me connect deeper yeah. with myself. Definitely. Definitely. And I think yoga doesn't have to be, you know, this woo-woo spiritual practice. Yeah. It can be just breathing. Yeah. It can be just stretching. It can be just connecting with your body movement. So I, I noticed some of my clients say, oh no, yoga, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. But it can be any any practice, kind of yeah. like dance. You, yeah. know, you don't have to, you can do salsa, belly dancing, anything right. that gets you moving in your body and connected to your own yeah. Sen sensuality, yes. you know, yeah. engaging your senses. Definitely. I love that. Let me talk about a question that I think a lot of people are ringing up these days. What do you think social media has done for people and their comfort level with their own bodies because I know that what is on social media isn't necessarily what is reality mm -hmm. and how do we get past you know these obsessions and actually people wanting to sort of transform their bodies where they are super unrealistic of what like humans can achieve with yeah. their body without additional like surgical intervention yeah, mm -hmm. definitely I think for me and I always tell people this, social media is kind of like a half and half thing. I find half of it to be incredibly positive. The niche that I am in is pretty positive. 
But then there's the other half that's incredibly toxic, in my opinion. I think that it's really, really hard, especially for young girls and boys, Mm -hmm. to be looking at these either A, surgically changed bodies, which is totally fine. I'm all for like, do you, if that's what you want to do, and that's to the core what you want to do for yourself, do it. I think it's important to be honest about it because Mm -hmm. you have so many young kids looking at you thinking that that's like a naturally achievable thing. And also, I think you're looking at a lot of Photoshopped images. You're looking at a lot of filtered videos. Now we have Facetune 2, like kind of Facetune video. Like people, we're not looking at reality Mm -hmm. when we look at social media. So I think for me, coming from the section of the world that I am in, it's half and half. I've met a lot of really incredible people on social media, a lot of positive influences, but I think... For your subconscious sake, you need to be careful what you're following because whether you're, you think you're really reading into it or not, what you're taking in mentally as you're looking at these images and scrolling through social media becomes a subconscious thing that you look at yourself as. So you're like, oh, I want to change this. I want to change this because I saw it on someone else. And then it becomes an obsession where you're constantly trying to become something that doesn't even exist. Yeah. Fill a hole that is not going to be filled by changing the way that you look. Exactly. Yeah. It's very fantasy driven. Yes. So these fantasies of what body should look like. Mm-hmm. And I think people should balance that out with body positivity, mm-hmm. other types of accounts that are actually about being real yes. in your body, authenticity. Because yeah. I agree with you. Why lie about it? If yeah. you're going to get surgery and do that, great. But yeah. own up to it yeah. so people know. Yeah. Be proud of it. I mean, mm-hmm. why are we hiding it? We can normalize it and make it just a part of, you know, beauty. Yeah, definitely. If that's your thing. Yeah, if that's (laughs) your thing. If that's what you want to do. I think (laughs) before you get anything done, and I'm not to like harp on therapy, but I think seeing a therapist. (laughs) It's really really okay. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, And really get to the core of why. Yeah, I mean, so doing things in moderation almost. Because sometimes it becomes an obsession and it becomes a dangerous obsession where Mm -hmm. your whole life is revolved around it and there's nothing else but that. Yeah. And trying to achieve this certain type of, you know, perfection when we're not perfect. I always tell people when they come to me for anything aesthetics, I'm like, just so you know, like, you're not symmetrical. And we're not, our goal isn't to achieve perfection. It's to just, you know, help you age gracefully. Yeah. That's what I like to say. But when it, I feel like when it becomes like an obsession to the point where it's all you are. Yeah. I think that at that point, maybe it's. Super toxic. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, it's like it's <laughs> filling a void. Yeah, so you yeah. can do as many things as you can to your body, but you're not dealing with the underlying mm-hmm. driver, which may yeah. be low self-esteem or issues that need to be worked out yeah. in a different way. You're creating these negative beliefs. So I think anything can claim our consciousness. That's why obsessive behavior exists. So whether it's food or processes mm-hmm. or plastic surgery, you're just really, you're not dealing with the underlying piece. So yeah. you're going to keep doing that behavior, trying to get some sort of result and not feeling any yeah. any different. Right. hundred percent. So how do we how do we stop that from happening? I think <laughs> as as a society, how do we <laughs> help people? I mean, for me it's, you know, counseling my clients yeah. and patients mm-hmm. and, you know, if there's something that I don't feel comfortable doing, just refusing it. Yeah. yeah. That's I definitely I think when you're going to get something done, seeing a great doctor like you who's willing to say no, because <laughs> I think a lot of doctors don't, especially yeah. here in LA. They're like, right. more, 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 and more, more. And this is the city that sort of is the... Pioneered. It's the center of, you know, body image. Yes, definitely. Right. I, in the body, body ideals. Yes, too, right? you know, truly. People think of Beverly Hills and they think of... Yeah. 
beauty the best bodies and faces. Right. But yeah. LA does have the best bodies and faces. True. But it also creates the most obsession. Yes, so. definitely. Yeah. I think systemically it's a thing that's hard to change, but I think we're moving in the right direction. I think especially in the fashion world, although it is essentially a money grab, it's, you know, we're seeing a lot more unretouch campaigns, a lot of less, you know, photoshopping, more body diversity race diversity, et cetera, and campaigns and at the forefront of social media as well. I think that's really incredibly important. But as I said before, really checking yourself on what you're taking in. And really, I always kind of say like standing at the the porter of the door of thought, so to speak, and really holding off on those negative thoughts about yourself and others as well, kind of checking yourself. But systemically, it's hard. I think being as like positive as you can be on social media, trying to make a, a positive impact yourself, obviously, doctor here is doing that for all of us, like the Lord's work. And, you know, and I think, see, again, like seeing a therapist truly to like really kind of unweave why exactly maybe you feel that way about yourself or others as well, because we tend to project. I know that a lot of my life I have projected. Well, maybe because like at a younger age, girls are now exposed to these unrealistic images. So how are we going to counteract that? We need to somehow create a way to educate the younger women or girls. I know. It's hard. My my cousin is 16 and I am like scared. So they have access to all these these photos on Instagram. Like I go through them every day. I'm like, ah. And ideal bodies and it's insane. Well, they're reporting that girls age three or four are having eating disorders or body dysmorphia. So it's happening younger and younger because we have technology, because we have access to all this material. So that's the thing too. It's not a certain age. I think the younger you are, we should talk about it. Moms should talk about their young girls about body image. They should... You know, maybe talk about the unrealistic images they're seeing. Yeah. I hate to do this, but the Disney <laughs> yes. princesses. Yes. I have a lot of problems with the Disney princesses. Uh, yeah. Because of, they're these very are the unrealistic images. looking, yeah. right? Very idealistic. So that's where we start getting the messages. It's that's, not just start, social media. It's, it's these, you know, so early right. on, you know, oh, I'm waiting for my prince to rescue oh. me. Or I, you know, have a tiny little waist and I'm beautiful. Why and does society always want that? Why does, why does. <laughs> it's easier the, to control the, us. Yeah. The pretty yeah. girl waiting for the prince. Yeah. I definitely think so. It's hard, but I totally <laughs> like that. Yeah, I totally agree with you that the conversation has to start young. And my parents are incredible. I love them so dearly. But I grew up as a very curvy, like, you know, chubby kid from the time that I was really young, even though I started playing sports at like seven. And especially growing up in the time that I did, it was not cool to be curvy at all. Like, it was unacceptable. Really? I couldn't shop anywhere. I had nowhere to shop. Where did you grow up? St. Louis, Missouri. So it's like all very blonde, tiny Midwest girls where I grew up. So I was like, oh, hello. (laughs) Different things. (laughs) Different things. But yeah, I think as parents, really discussing that with your kids is really important. And kind of the process of dealing with low self-esteem or body image issues, because I think the process of kind of healing and dealing with that is the most important. Being able to know how to kind of attack that yourself Because you can say like, oh, love yourself, like you're beautiful. But I think it's really important to kind of witness a healing process or a thought process on how to break that down. That's really important. Yeah. Right. And having good models of confident women around you. Mm -hmm. So and that looks different for everyone, Mm -hmm. but not just looking at beauty in one standard, but having models of that strong, empowered women for girls to look up to. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Very I kind important. of relate to you with regards to growing up and feeling sort of like an outsider because oh, I yeah. grew up in Canada at a time where we were immigrants yeah. and I grew up sort of the areas that I grew up in didn't necessarily have kids that look like me yeah. or just like or behave like me or came from like backgrounds like me. And so 
you know, I, I get that. And then yeah. that, so sort of like the elementary school years are very formative and like Extremely. developing that confidence and being a woman. And, you know, when you're sort of like the outsider, mm-hmm. like little immigrant child, it's kind of not that easy developing no. that confidence. Definitely not. No, it's yeah. definitely difficult. And you're right that those are very formative years. You mm-hmm. really like, I feel like those younger years in elementary school is really how you, where you form your confidence. Every seven years, we have a major psychological shift in our development. Wow. So if you think about it, by age seven, you have a sense of identity, yes. whether Oof. it's positive or not, but yeah. that's who Oof. you see yourself and see how others view you in the world. Yeah. So age- if it's distorted or if you feel insecure yeah. or not confident, then that's already embedded yeah. into your thinking and yeah. belief system. So by age seven, I had lived in four countries already. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that is a lot. So that was like, yeah, definitely a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, and that's why I see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. You have one takeaway from this: Just go that's see a why, good therapist. That's why I do yoga. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, seriously, it really, it really works. Yeah. Hashtag yoga. Hashtag definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Hashtag yoga. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, for real. So I'd love to ask you kind of what would your tips be as a younger girl from maybe like 16 to 20 Mm -hmm. navigating this new social media kind of realm, Mm -hmm. especially, I don't know if you're on TikTok, but- I just joined. I just joined TikTok. Follow me on TikTok. It's a very new kind of social media realm where you see a lot of young girls look a lot older than they really are. How would you, like, what tips would you give these girls to kind of navigate that realm and loving themselves and still feeling good Before about Before you bodies? answer the question, yes. why don't you give a little spiel on what TikTok is? Oh, okay. <clears throat> no one knows. I, just I have no idea it. what TikTok, TikTok is. TikTok <laughs> is, they're saying it's like the new social media platform that's it like is, hot and new. And it's like different from Instagram. It's, it's like Is Vine. it videos? It's, yeah, it's okay. kind of like Vine, but new. And it used to be Musical.ly and now it's TikTok. So if you remember those Musical.ly where everyone would dance like really strange and like I didn't get it because I'm old so I was like why are we like hello like very weirdly cut videos but like all the 12 year olds love it like all the Gen Z the people that ate Tide Pods they're like about it so they're they're like eating Tide Pods on TikTok but it's kind of the new wave in social media so my my cousin who's 16 she is on TikTok and is TikTok is like the new wave for I mean, them. It, it takes a lot of creativity. It definitely takes a lot of creativity. I noticed that I'm not creative enough for TikTok. It's, listen, <laughs> content creation on a new wave, honey. Yeah. But how would you kind of tell people to navigate that yeah. and not get too torn down by kind of the new wave of, because I, I feel like Gen Z really has it tough because mm-hmm. at least I grew up without social media in elementary school, middle school, and then it started kind and of in high school. started, early. yeah. But I can't even imagine navigating now already having all those images to compare to and videos like, and different bodies. Yeah. It's just like a whole new world, honestly. I think it has to be balanced out with reality. Yeah. So we do, especially as women, need community. And that means to physically be in community with mm-hmm. people. If you're always yes. behind the screen, connecting, performing, you're just not making yeah. connections with people. And the more we connect with people, the more we also get a strong sense of identity because we right. relate to people's values yeah. or interests. So we need that. And mm-hmm. I think that would be one tip is Amazing. to make sure that you have community around you, even Definitely. if it's friends, your social environment, that's a big piece. And then also, if you're spending so much time on that and you're recognizing it's making you feel negatively, mm-hmm. then like anything, it's time to do a detox. Detox. All the time. Social media detox Social media is something detox. I recommend for my clients Definitely. all the time. Can you give us some tips on how to detox? Yes. Can you give me personal tips on how to detox? 
Help us help ourselves. <laughs> I do an unplug, mandatory unplug, at least two to three hours before bed. Oof. Everything's off. You can have music I on, but that. you just, you, you break the habit of needing to be stimulated all of the time. It yeah. interferes with sleep. It interferes with just your ability to take care of yourself, relax. Yeah, and that's me. Do you turn your Wi-Fi off? Do it as an experiment. Do you turn your Wi-Fi off? I don't, but I heard that's a good thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. I was just recently hearing about that. I need to start doing that. There's no excuse. Take a little break. There's really no Social media holiday. Everyone needs to (laughs) take take a little break break. every day from social media. And we're going to all do it together. Yes. So we're going to hold each other accountable. Yeah. And it's hard, especially for me. Find like a partner, like a social media detox partner. An accountability accountability partner. partner. Yes. (laughs) We love an accountability partner. I I think for me, working in social media, it's so hard because we don't really have like a a nine to five. So we're always. I have clients emailing me at like 11 p.m. I have. I've responded to messages at 3 I'm like, hello. (laughs) Like, I've been asleep. Like, I'm confused. But I think that's the hard part for people that work in social media. (laughs) When when do you draw the line? And when clients can get a hold of you? Well, because social media. I would set hours. You know, like, between these hours, I'm responsive. I'm engaging. But after that, I'm off. And I need to unplug so I have other connections to my life. We have to do that. You know what? We have to do that. And it's hard. I'm a workaholic, so I'm like, I have no boundaries for myself. Like, I'm a workaholic all the time. I'm a workaholic too. We have to do that. That's we need our new rule, guys. Yeah. That's the rule. <laughs> we, Office rule. We said it. <laughs> Knock on wood, honey. Yes, definitely. Cool. So, Rahi, tell me how feeling comfortable in your own skin kind of fits in with you being an aesthetics doctor. Because obviously people can argue, well, wow. you know, how how do you feel yes. like, you know, giving people all these things and changing people's and changing appearance, like, but telling people to love themselves and tell us. And I know this, but like, tell us. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it can be confusing and sometimes it can seem contradictory. Yeah. But it's not because like mm-hmm. as humans, we are almost always contradictory. Like yeah. we do things like we, we don't have to do things to like extremes. We could you know, do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I completely agree with aesthetics and aesthetic medicine. I think what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis helps people feel Mm -hmm. good about themselves. My approach is very minimal. It's very as non-invasive as possible. I always, always, when a client comes to me, try to, you know, view them from the inside out. So it's not just about, here, here's a new set of lips, bye. Yeah. It's here's a new set of lips, but let's talk about what else is going on. Like, you know, if I see breakouts, there's always inevitably something going on on the Mm -hmm. inside. And, you know, within reason, you know, you want new lips, but we'll do it within reason so Mm -hmm. it looks naturally enhanced and not, you know, a little too Changing yourself. Yeah. I I don't like, yeah, I don't like, I don't like to say I change people. I like to say I enhance or help those age more gracefully. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, as we get older everything sort of declines. Mm-hmm. And so I view aesthetics as a form of biohacking. Have yeah. you heard that term? Yes, definitely. Where, I like you know, that. Yeah. yeah. Like that. So you're doing things like, you know, you're taking your supplements, yeah. enhancing your nutrition, exercising, doing all that. And then, you know, throw a little bit of Botox on top. <laughs> Sprinkle of Botox. <laughs> We've been enhancing beauty and image since the beginning of time. So yeah. I think it's yes. connected to our feminine energy. And yes. wanting to express yourself and aesthetics to me are a form of expression. Yeah. This is how I want to look and it makes me feel good. And right. this is my image I want to put out. Exactly. Yeah. For me and to the world. Exactly. I love that. Like Definitely. we color our hair, we go to the dentist. Yeah. I feel like, you know, incorporating aesthetics should be just like that. Yeah. You know? I think just People, like an, an appointment to the hair salon, yeah. an appointment to your dentist. I think it's like a little 
jarring for people sometimes. They feel a little intimidated about aesthetics because obviously, especially in LA, sometimes it can be a lot and people yes. are like, oh, well, I, I don't want to go that far. But I feel like you're so great because it's such a natural enhancement mm-hmm. to the point that people don't even notice where it's like, you look really well rested. Yeah. Or you look like you just got back from vacation. How are you? You look great. It's never like, <laughs> wow, like you got a lot done. Like, hello. It's no. not like a shock to the system when yes. you see the person you're like, ugh. Definitely. You yeah. just look like a crisp, sharp version of yourself. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that's how you should always do it. <laughs> yes, definitely. We, we stand a natural queen. Yes. Keep, yes. keep it flawless. Hashtag yeah. keep it flawless. Follow our hashtag. Uh, <laughs> and we should appreciate people and not judge them. So yes. instead of being like, oh, you got your lips done, just yes. say you look beautiful. You look or great. You I don't know where that started, where people thought, like, just because someone else does something to enhance their own looks, that they should view it as negative. Oh, she got her lips done. Uh, yeah. Why? It's like, why, why do you hate? Like, let, let people There's be happy. There's a lot of jealousy. Why do people, why especially do people with women, I think we've learned that behavior. Oh, you know, there's there's a lot of that in our culture, and I think we can we can start by stopping I hate that it. and I being think in control so of that. Right? I think yeah. it's a way to disempower women, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. If we can get us to right. be jealous or judge each other, so then we're like we, less. Empowered. We're not a united force, yes. so. and we need to be that yeah. because there's no reason to be otherwise, right? We're we're really too powerful isn't. together. So and yeah. I was in Kenya. Two they years don't want us to take over the world. <laughs> they don't want that smoke. Okay, listen. <laughs> The men. <laughs> when I was in Kenya two years ago on a safari, mm-hmm. and do you know how lionesses travel? Yes. In a herd together. Yeah. And they raise their cubs as a family. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to learn from them. Yes, we do. Find on the your way. find your lioness. Yeah. Yes. Pack. Yes. <laughs> yes. True. Okay, so I want to give some takeaways to the fam listening to this. Yes, Let's give like a couple tips each on what people can do in their daily lives to feel comfortable in their own skin, work on their self-love and acceptance, yes. body acceptance. Yes. Do you want to start, Rocky? Yeah, I do. And I get a good night's sleep. Super important. I'm working on that. Um, <laughs> I like to ensure that I get, you know, a workout in probably five to six days a week. That really helps. Definitely. It just helps my posture, helps me like stand better and therefore I feel better. And just, you know, having positive interactions on a day-to-day basis with those around me, from the people I work with to my patients. Definitely love that. Yep. Love it. My tip is to journaling. Journaling is a way to get out what's in. And we have 120 trillion cells in our body that hear every thought that we have. So getting it out through journaling, we'll just see what is the dialogue I'm telling myself over and over again? And what do I need to change? Are there things in here that are faulty, not working for me, old programming? And that's a way to get rid of it. Get it out of your body, out of your system. It helps you regulate. And self-regulation, too, is a good tip. And that's the unplugging from yeah. electronics, slowing down, breathing, anything you can do to learn to connect with your emotions. Emotions yeah. are also going to drive our thinking. So we have to just be able to tolerate them yeah, Definitely. and yeah. not judge them. All right. emotions are good emotions. <laughs> yes, I love that. Don't judge yourself. Definitely very important. I think for me, and this kind of goes, like I guess, a little deeper, but as you said, Keeping good people around you, yes. cutting out toxic people in your life, Bye. whether that may be family members, <laughs> I was friends, say, and the hard one. family. We're coming up on the holidays, <laughs> a triggering subject. Sorry, everyone, <laughs> but for me too. But I think really keeping good people around you, because I feel at least for me that has a huge effect on how I feel about myself, about my life, about my career. Keeping yes. good, positive people, but also people that push you to be your best as mm-hmm. well and hold like a high bar to you. Journaling was another one I was going to say. Journaling has helped me so much. I talk to my followers about journaling all the time. 
for me as someone who has a hard time with feelings, it's just really positive to journal and kind of get it all out of there. I think also making sure to take time for yourself every day, as you said, to unplug. But I think that could be anything, something that you love, whether it's like taking a bath. Take yourself on a date. Yes. Oh, need to have a that, is, yes. Right. that feels good. Go like get some vegan ice cream because I only stand by vegan ice cream or, mm. you know, just doing little things to kind of pick yourself up a little right. bit. I think that the self-care realm has become, as I said earlier, so commercialized to the point where they're like, you have to go on like a billion dollar vacation to love yourself. Yeah. And you're like, what? Like <laughs> sitting in Missouri, like, hello. Like, I can't do that. But I think, and it doesn't have to be that at all. I think self-love and self-acceptance and self-care essentially mm-hmm. is really just about taking time for yourself and that's it. Doing mm-hmm. whatever makes you happy, taking, you know, 15 minutes a day to maybe stretch or do a meditation. It doesn't have to be this huge elaborate thing. Yeah. So I think that's kind of my takeaway from self-love is don't let the internet fool you, okay? Totally. And don't don't let influencers fool you and think you need to buy a bunch of stuff to be happy and to love mm-hmm. yourself and take time for yourself. It does not have to be like that. It doesn't. Couldn't no. agree more. No. Everything in moderation. But do see a therapist. <laughs> As if, yes. Every time I say to see a, see a therapist, take a shot. So new, <laughs> new drinking game for you. <laughs> but for real. Okay. All right. Well, I learned a lot. Same. Thank you so much. Seriously. So, so important. Like this topic. It helped me a lot. So I'm I hope it helps you guys. Yes. Definitely. As you listen yeah. and watch. So thank you for taking the time out of your day for coming down. Yes. Appreciate it. And thanks for everyone for listening and watching. Definitely. And we'll see you next time. Bye you guys. Bye. So if you like what you heard and you're motivated to live the best you, please subscribe to the podcast.